Welcome to Daily Dose Danny. This is episode 4. Today I found an inspiring entrepreneur who lived in Hong Kong and is currently based in the UK. She is the founder and CEO of Pixel, bite-sized content for your brand. Today, I'll be talking to Camille from Pixel. I'm very excited to welcome her to the show and ask her tons of questions about her exciting business that she recently started. So hi, Camille, please introduce yourself. Hi, Danny. Well, thanks for having me. It's the first time I do this, so this is very exciting. Um, so as you said, I'm um, the founder of Pixel Media. We are, we are a um, bite-sized content creator um, based between Hong Kong and the UK. And I'm very excited for all your questions. Fantastic. Well, welcome to the show and um, let's get started. So firstly, 2020 has been a very crazy year for all of us. What are some of the major changes that you have seen in digital marketing? Um, Well, that's a very good question. So I think in terms of digital marketing, I think even just leading up to 2020, with like the, the rise of Instagram, I mean, just the rise of social media in itself, but especially the place of Instagram as a major marketing tool. And especially recently, uh, the implementation of IGTV and stories. I think IGTV is like quite recent. I think IGTV came out like two years ago. Um, I think the way we have all consumed content has evolved so rapidly, it's almost hard to keep up. Um, I think it's, it's, it's still evolving. It's constantly evolving. And I think it's hard to keep up for, for brands. Um, attention spans are definitely declining. I think right now the average attention span is about 12 seconds, which is, it's, it's very short, 12 seconds to be able to, um, to send a message uh, or to present your brand in 12 seconds. Uh, it is a challenge. Um, hence, it requires like quicker, simpler, more organic. Sometimes it's bridging quantity over quality. Um, but uh, this year, what I've seen mostly is, um, is honestly just even even more crucial how, how social media has become to brands relevance online. I mean, uh, the amount of ads that get targeted by every day on Instagram is it's quite, I don't know if it's alarming or incredible, but it's, 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 it's huge. Um, if brands didn't think they needed to be present on social media before to be relevant, they definitely do understand that now. Or I hope they, I hope they do for, for most. <laughs> um, the only issue is uh, while the pool is getting bigger, it's getting fuller and differentiating yourself is tougher. Um, but I guess that's where you and I come in. So uh, it is an advantage to the both of us. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> and great answer. Thank you. Thanks for for um, elaborating on that. Um, And then second question is, with the services that you provide, how do you aim to improve brand communication and improve the current industry issues? Um, So I don't know if I can say I'm improving brand communication. Um, Pressure. Um, However, I am feeling a whole is the need for fast, affordable, authentic um, content creation. Um, so the reason why I started Pixel is I have a background as a producer. I worked for a couple of years, um, mostly in digital. So I worked for agencies, I've worked for clients, I've worked uh, for digital platforms. Um, and 
especially recently and, and, and especially when I used to work in Hong Kong, uh, I, I used to see those clients, you know, like medium sized clients, brands coming in uh, with a fair amount of budget um, and that come in and, and, and we create videos for them that were, you know, all right, nothing, nothing extremely creative because that's because apparently that's how limited we were with their budget, even though their budget was great. Um, so I was like, I don't understand how those brands, they come in with a, a, a good amount of budget. Um, they come out with a video that takes months to get produced because it's, you know, bigger production processes, uh, uh, bigger production teams and a, a, a very long uh, creative process, all that to create like a minute to a minute 30 video out there on their websites, um, maybe some social media platforms, but some of those brands don't have a lot of following um, or some of those brands don't even use sometimes that content. So I'm like, that's such a waste of money. So I was thinking, how can you, you know, create a solution with a format? Because I haven't, I didn't expect that's all shot in studios is very simple and it already exists. But I was like, how can you use that format that's already existing to create a solution for brands where you can create a big amount of content while still being able to create quality content and, 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 and also um, create something engaging and leveraging a lot of visibility afterwards. Um, so that's how the, the idea of, of uh, Pixel came to be. Um, so I don't know if we're improving brand communication, but we are definitely helping uh, creating you know, um, not creating, but like filling this hole where brands need so, need so much content today to be relevant online, uh, just because there's so many more brands online and out there today that you really need to be present. And for that, constant relevance and, and organic and, and authentic content. And I think, and that costs money, obviously. So that's where our solution comes in, where we are able to give you that quantity and quality while still being affordable. Yeah. I love the idea um, because I think working in industries back home and here abroad, you end up spending such big budgets on you do, yeah, videos, and it's just like where it's like agency fees, and it's it's so much easier when you're a smaller company when you're yeah figuring it out with your own team. You're able exactly. to do a lot more for companies. Yeah, if you if you do have the budget, like I I totally understand. I mean, the form of content we have is very specific not for everybody but um but if you want to you know like add more content to a to already a campaign you've done and you you've got a little bit of budget left then then that's where we come in and we work well if you're a startup you don't have much content but want to be you know making an impact online that's that's where we come in again because then we are able to create that for you for much cheaper than but than an agency right so it, it kind of depends on like who we work with and and kind of like the brand's approach to their campaign and, and their need for content but uh, for surely, yeah, I mean, sometimes I, I, when I used to work for an agency, like I would see these brands coming in, they had no idea what they wanted. And they were like, oh, this is how much money we have. And then we'd be like, I mean, I'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> you have so much budget. And this I is totally how totally you know, know like, I'm mad. like I, I'll be the client. I'll be like, I'll be mad. And I'm the one who did the job. So I'm like, Jesus. But uh, exactly exactly but yeah, so. that's too funny yeah it's frustrating it's anyway. very frustrating <laughs> it, it is it is I totally agree I saw it so many times and I was like oh man I should start my own agency like not any of them exactly we're doing our own thing it's great <laughs> yeah 
So yeah, um, so speaking of working with um, different brands um, to do different productions, who mm-hmm. has been some of your favorite brands that you've worked with and why? Um, okay, so we have been honestly quite lucky uh, because we've worked with great brands. I try to, I mean, you know, I'm a startup, so like I, I can't be picky about the brands I work with, but at the same time, I want to make sure it's in line with our values and, and you know, with our vision. Um, so we work with a lot of great brands and we've been able to work also across various industries, which is, which is really great, which is something I didn't really imagine when I started Pixel. I thought we were just going to, you know, um, aim for uh, a, speci- a specific type of industry or a specific, like, you know, size of brands. Um, and we've worked with like big brands, small brands, um, like industries that go from like fashion to like finance, fintech, health. Uh, restaurants, F and B, like it's at the same time really good because um, can apply our business to so many different industries. Um, but there's, there's, I mean, all of the clients were pretty great. There's one um, project, uh, I mean, one brand we worked with who I really love. Um, it's Luna Naturals. I think also because I'm a female founder, so just connecting where with their founder Olivia, who's brilliant, was uh, really great. She she was one of my first clients when I started out in Hong Kong, and um, and just creating that campaign with her was kind of like one of my biggest projects at the beginning, um, and just like having someone who's you know European, the same age, and going through pretty much the same struggles that I was 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 pretty great. But also just, um, I just love the, their company's vision and and, um, and the, the campaign we created together had a very strong message towards, you know, breaking taboos around menstrual health in Asia. Uh, so just to give a bit of background, Luna Natural is um, the uh, first um, organic period care company um, in Asia. And they lead a lot of like workshops and education uh, within the corporate environments, uh, uh, towards uh, breaking menstrual menstrual health taboos and also making sure that we open that conversation and that uh, that menstrual health just becomes uh, something normal, you know, like just being able to just have a tampon at work, you know, on display and not it being like a big deal, basically. <laughs> uh, so I really love their mission. Um, and I think it was very challenging also trying to like, normalize such a touchy subject and start a conversation on social media through through but just like through content in general to video content in general you know like everything we did was very raw but also fun while still being like educational while keeping the lighthearted tone so it was hard but at the same time very very interesting to do um and i really loved that the whole process and 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 we had um were very engaged afterwards once once the campaign came out and we had really good feedback uh and i really loved working with on that project yeah and with that brand they 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 were really great yeah that does sound like such a fun project and i can totally understand having lived in korea and now hong kong it's very Mm -hmm. different in asia with all these sort of taboo topics that are totally normal in the west yeah i was really scared at the beginning of how people would respond to it i was like because it's also, like, it could, you know, when, when you take a, I mean, this isn't a political stand, but, like, when you take a, a, a stand and you're with your brand, it, it's risky as well. Because I was like, what if, you know, like, we take this, like, social stand and then, and I'm trying to, like, break taboos and then 
I'm happy with what we're doing. Like I could, you know, not lose my business afterwards, but like I, it, it could be a risk for my business doing this. And I was really happy with like the results, you know, that, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You always risk, I guess, negative sentiment, but um, yeah. I think you guys obviously were, were careful in how you approached it, which made it a success. So yeah, definitely. That's, that's what's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So another part, uh, let's talk more about content production and the types of content that you think are most effective considering the current market situation. Um, sure. So I feel like today there, there's so many ways in which a person or brand can create their own content. Um, however, relevance being key in retaining a loyal following base and differentiating yourself, you need to be careful on, on how you put yourself out there. Um, so I think I talked a bit about like what like what we do um, for brands when I introduce Pixel, but to go deeper into like the actual production process, obviously we've got a very different approach uh, production companies. Um, there's no right or wrong way to do it, to be honest. I just think it's, there's definitely a need on the market for a solution uh, to create affordable quality content or um, unless you have, like I said, unless you have the necessary budget and are looking to create a really polished video for your brand, like a brand team or something, to be creating content and I think generating visibility shouldn't be such a hurdle or shouldn't require you to break your your marketing budget. Um, And I think a lot of uh, companies today are struggling with that. Uh, So that's where we come in with, you know, our formats, our full production process is is very short because of, of our format. So it takes us as little as two months to do everything, meaning from like concept to delivery, just for one video but for 10 and all of that for like what, the price of like maybe one or two videos. Um, so the way we do it, it's, it's very simple. So our format, because it's all shot in the unique location um, and we have influencers come in, you know, one by one, they, I think they all come in like for 20 minutes each. Um, we can shoot between 10 to 20 videos in one day. Um, and then it all, also again because it's such a simple format, the editing process is very quick. The creative uh, the creative process is also quite quick. So you know it's you you've got all this um, quantity over such a short time um, you know of of creation. So so basically you know here you have it. It's budgets, time, visibility, authenticity, quantity, and quality. You've got all that in just such a small package. <laughs> I think it's great. And that's why you call it bite-sized content. Exactly. Like, great name. <laughs> Snackable content. I love that. I, I really love that name. Exactly. No, it's so great. I know when my previous agency, when I worked abroad, they try to have our team see how we can best produce social media content on our phones. Mm-hmm. Because he, our, our boss was so eager to try and get content out faster and like thinking of quicker, cheaper solutions. Right. But again, it's a lot harder for agency with a lot of overhead to accomplish that so that's why I love your idea it's great exactly so um talking about the fact that you previously lived in Hong Kong and you're now back in the UK um and living abroad and living in different countries Mm -hmm. um let's elaborate on different content that you see that's needed for different markets and being sensitive on localized content? Have you experienced much of that working in different countries? Um, what's been some of your insight on creating content for different markets? Um, so to be honest, I'm not, I, I'm no expert. Um, I 
really highly curious person so I'm always on the lookout for what's being done it's hard because there is so much being done um but there's one thing I'll say is I'm starting to see a bit of redundancy when it comes to content um whether it's it's in the UK or in France or or in Hong Kong um just because I mean it's it, it is normal to be honest I mean everyone has been thrown onto social media within the last year or so, especially what's going on, and many in order to save, save their business, you know, by switching entirely to digital, others to start theirs. I mean, there's a huge amount of, of, of business that has been started during COVID. Um, so it's easy to see the same things over and over, um, especially due to the rise of apps like, you know, Canva, like in stories that help you, like you just said before, like create, you know, this like quick designer content on your phone. Uh, so you will end up seeing a lot of content um, that looks the same. Um, so that's one thing I really noticed between like all the content. I don't think there's a huge difference between the content that's being created uh, over Asia or over Europe. I think it's all pretty much um, the same. Um, I mean, audiences are different. So obviously the, the inside of the content is different. Um, but the affluence of content I've seen work honestly pretty well are usually inf informative content. Um, you can see that a lot on Instagram, you know, a lot of people use the carousels in IG. Um, it gets a lot of attraction, it's easy to create. Um, it's free also if you have access to like Photoshop or Illustrator or even just Canva, Canva's free. Um, so you do see a lot of that. I think it's, it's, it's the quickest, fastest, cheapest, I mean, almost free way to create content. So you do see a lot of that and that works a lot. Uh, and I feel like today, because Social media is such a big platform, especially Instagram. Um, you can easily get your opinion or vision out using those uh, models. Um, for Instagram in particular, I'm, I'm more on Instagram. Like Pixel, we are mostly on Instagram. We are a bit on Facebook, but I'm, I'm kind of giving up on Facebook. And we're slowly looking into LinkedIn and we've got YouTube as well. Uh, but for Instagram in particular, I think stories... I mean, they were already a, a big thing um, when, I mean, they, they created stories to take over Snapchat. Um, it has definitely become a power tool in marketing strategies. I think that's where everything happens, or at least like a good 60 to 70% of your strategies should go into stories, if not even more. Um, and you have to, also, you just have to use them if you want to beat IG um, ever-changing algorithms. I think it's really important that you're nonstop on new Insta stories and, you, and you're very authentic and relevant there. Um, and then there's TikTok. I mean, TikTok, TikTok's been around for a couple of years, but they really, they really arrived in the game like this year. Um, so I, I'm not too familiar with TikTok. We're still trying to figure out how us pixel as a, a solution uh, for content, we can apply what we do through TikTok. Um, but I've seen I've seen Instagram implement also uh, Reels. So now I'm a little um, I, I don't know I don't really know what the future of TikTok will look like. So I think TikTok is a good is a good tool that people should look into, especially because it taps into a different audience and a younger audience. Um, but I think the the content that's being created there is it's again it's it's you know bite size, so it's 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 fun, it's short, uh, and that's what people are looking for today. I can't talk too much about Facebook. Honestly, I think it's becoming slowly relevant for video content sharing. Um, it's slowly going back to being just a networking platform like it used to be. Um, it's still important to have a Facebook page, I think, for your business, just to be legit. Uh, but I'm not really too pleased with the return on investment. Um, it's also quite expensive to uh, do paid uh, targeted advertising there. Um, however, 
I'll say LinkedIn has impressed me quite a bit. Uh, I've seen a good shift on the way the platform is being used. People have been more engaged within the last few years. They're more inclined to share content, not just written content. It used to be a lot of more of like, you know, sharing articles and things like that. But now I, I do see a lot more video content on there, which is great. Um, so I think it's definitely a space to look out for and we'll start seeing much more branded content out there. Yeah, for sure in the next couple of years. Yeah, I totally agree. I've, I've noticed LinkedIn pop up a lot more mm -hmm. and become more effective with the way the channel's being managed with the features and all of this. So even I'm personally getting more excited about sharing things. Me LinkedIn, too. Where previously, it was just a simple platform. Yeah, it, it really was. I mean, just a I've always seen that as like a networking platform. And, and I think still people disregard LinkedIn when it comes to like, uh, to even just a uh, recruitment or, or, or source of information. I think I talked to someone the other day, someone much younger than I, than I am. I mean, not much, much younger, like a couple of years younger. <laughs> Makes me sound so old. Uh, <laughs> but she was like in her early 20s. And then she said, she said something like, yeah, I mean, LinkedIn is, is, is just irrelevant. And I was like, I was like, I mean, obviously, because it's you're I mean, you're younger and you're not yet on the uh, on the market. But I, 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 I asked her, I was like, you know, go on LinkedIn and, and really see how much you can do for your company. And then she'd go back to me. She was like, yeah, you're right. Like actually the level of engagement is also, it's even better than, than Instagram and, and, and Facebook because it hasn't been touched so much yet. So, so the algorithms are still in place. <laughs> They're not being like completely fucked up so far. Um, so it, it is, I think it is a space to look at for, for sure. Yeah. Especially just for business related content. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah, I totally agree. So we keep mentioning bite-sized content. Mm -hmm. um, what is your definition of bite-sized content? And how do you suggest brands keep up with content production and more affordable ways to produce content going forward as seeing as we need so much more content and we need to be so much more relevant faster? Well, first of all, hire us. <laughs> Good answer. You know, that's what we're here for. <laughs> Exactly. Your create, your create content, no problem. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> great pitch, right? Uh, <laughs> Very. <laughs> no, I mean, bite-sized content really just means shorter, faster, and simpler form of content being consumed. Like, like I said, you know, attention spans are becoming shorter and shorter. So you need to adapt. You know, just yourself. Like, think about the amount of content you absorb every day. I think I think you don't even even realize how much content you absorb every day. Um, and think about how, how your brand or how any brand has to match that amount of, of consumption. Um, so you need, like I said, like you need this really, you know, short, easy, quick, uh, simple, straight to the point content. Um, that's why it's called bite size because like you eat content like you were eating a snack. Um, and, you know, in any content, you want your point to be made quickly and explicitly. So there's no time to waste. Um, and on top of that, you want the viewer to remember um, to remember you so you don't need you know just one video anymore you need multiple to be effective so there are lots of ways to create content today if you don't have the budget like I, I said before you know there are apps that you can download if you don't have the budget where you can create your own stuff um, but then if you do want to create something that's you know you know to just up your game a little and you've got a bit of budget then yeah then hire us we'll, we'll help you with that <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I agree. Um, people should definitely reach out to you guys, um, whether you're sitting anywhere in the world, basically, you can help them solve their content creation issue. Mm -hmm. For sure. So um, perfect. So yeah, thank you so much for answering all of my questions. I'm so excited to see what you guys keep doing and um, hopefully work together more in the oh, future. Definitely.
um, as as we hopefully do more podcasts together Definitely. as well. And now it's my turn to so, ask you questions. So yeah, so <laughs> yes, I was just about to say, if you have any marketing questions, please yes. go ahead and ask. Yeah, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Uh, well, thanks for all your questions. Honestly, they were all uh, very good questions and I was really happy to answer all that and, you know, kind of put in there that, you know, people should hire us. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, so, well, first of all, congrats on launching your, your podcast. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, what may you want to launch it and what do you hope to achieve with that? Well, thanks for asking. And I'm very excited to be able to start my own podcast. I've been wanting to do it for a while, but to be honest, I was never sure what direction mm-hmm. to take it in. Um, the reason why I started when I did is I missed connecting with friends and people, obviously, during COVID. Um, I felt a bit uninspired where I was, and I wanted to network more with women here in Asia and abroad mm-hmm. um, that inspire me and sort of, you know, are just on the same level, on the same journey um, to be able to connect and share advice. So I've been in Asia for almost a decade now and I've met so many amazing people on the way. And I think the podcast became a good platform for me to be able to share those stories, um, share some of the amazing women that I've met and just be able to sort of share startup stories and life abroad and just create a platform where people can connect and feel inspired and ask each other questions. Um, another part of this podcast is for people to be able to ask me some digital marketing questions and hopefully I can give them some tips in each episode or just help each other out. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, especially going back to what you said about, um, you know, female founders and entrepreneurs in Asia, I think having the, you don't see that many support groups out there. So I think having this platform is, is, is so necessary and, and it's about time. Uh, I mean, I, I know there are like podcasts out there, but I think this, in this specific um, subject, I think it's very important. So thank you for doing that. For <laughs> um, sure. Because um, we talked a bit about, you know, brand communication and stuff. So on, on your side, what measureships have you seen you know, when it comes to brand communication and, and consumer journey, you know, through 2020 and with what everything that's been going on, like what, what have you seen so far? Sure. So, well, one part I'm really excited. I know this year has been really bad, but I also think it's been really amazing because of the shifts that the market right. has had to go through. Um, so, so this year has basically put businesses in like a fast track to streamline their digital communication. Um, brands have had to adapt their communication so much faster to be reactive and relevant to what the consumers are going through and experiencing during 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and consumers have also needed so much more of a smoother integration online. They've needed a better experience this year and they've needed so much more of that community and connection. So, so brands have had to streamline their consumer journey as offline has just not been as prevalent mm-hmm. this year. Um, so the norm has become to do everything online. Um, consumers have been looking to connect so much more and, and brands have to offer that connection, that community driven type platforms. Um, so I think that's been a lot of the changes that I've seen. I've also seen a lot more startups online, a lot more businesses creating stuff online. And I think that's great, but I also think later on, there's going to be a bit of a, a bottleneck effect because there's no exactly so many yeah, yeah, yeah. services online <laughs> so that's why i think it's so important we all connect mm-hmm. and help promote each other because at the end of the day it will have to go through a merger yeah exactly no different definitely so, it, it's it's great yeah. but at the same time it's it's like i said the pool is getting 
bigger and fuller. So <laughs> it's going to get a, a little bit more complicated. Exactly. Um, so with that in mind, um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so with that in mind, like, how have you positioned yourself to adapt to, to those changes in digital marketing? And uh, why is, because I know you implement that data a lot into uh, your strategy. So how is that crucial also um, today? Good answer. Um, I love analytics. <laughs> I basically love going through reports and checking what does well um, and streamlining everything, but I'm still also growing and learning as I go. Um, I'm not halfway where I want to be with Daily Dose Funny. I'm still working on a lot. I basically just started, but the goal is to create a more integrated community um, of thinkers mm -hmm. in Asia um, where we're able to support each other, cross promote each other, and provide each other with insightful sort of advice to help grow our online businesses. Mm. Um, so utilizing each other's skills and know-how to basically uplift each other. Uh, so data at the end of the day helps us streamline our communication by listening and analyzing. We can make sure our efforts, whether it is content creation or planning out sales strategies or email marketing strategies, that data will help you sort of change and adapt because we always need to keep changing and adapting um so for me go ahead it's great always to to sort of try something but then always go back and take your key learnings and adjust what are you going to do next time what are you going to do next month how are you going to make it better so analytics helps you to improve things um, in a way that's more targeted to your audiences, but as well helps you and your team decide what you should do more of going mm -hmm. forward yeah definitely Totally agree with that. Um, so you, we, you asked me also, um, you know, if I could see a difference between, you know, the the, the digital uh, space, um, digital content space between, you know, the Asia and Europe. So what about you? Because you 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 know you you've been between South Africa and Asia. You know, you were in Korea and you're in Hong Kong now. Uh, so do you see a difference when it comes to digital marketing space between, you know, South Africa, Asia, and was it hard for you to adapt when you moved to Korea first? Uh, so yes, there's very much a big difference between South Korea, Japan, China, South Africa, Europe, uh, everywhere in Asia, I feel like has its own little eco bubble. Europe has its own little eco bubble. Um, South Africa has its own eco bubble. Um, and I think brands a lot of the time overlook localization. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also not always feasible financially to, to be very localized because you need an export, uh, expert on the ground helping you be relevant in each market, um, localizing it in the language, et cetera. So it's definitely not an easy task to do, um, but specifically to Asia. Um, so they're also unique in the way that they're engaged. Um, Korea, I would say neighbor is stronger than Google. So you always have to think of your different platforms where are people searching for your product, how are they talking, how are they experiencing it? Um, and there's so many different ways you have to learn how to tap into each ecosystem. Um, so for me, that's really important is getting your localization right. Um, it was definitely tough for me when I first moved to Korea. Um, it, it was a great move, I, I loved it, um, but with it also came a lot of challenges in the fact that English isn't the, the dominant language there. So it was a lot of miming, a lot of trying right. to figure out like the cultural differences, the language barriers, um, but all of that just made me so much more aware of countries that 
English isn't the first spoken language. And, and that's why I love videos and content that are put together in a way that no language is needed. Everyone will understand it visually. So for me, that's a big thing is like, can you tell a story without using words? Because then that can be localized very easily in numerous countries. Um, so some brands do that really well. Um, but um, yeah, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> no, yeah, that's perfect. No, it's true. I think um, even when I moved to Hong Kong, because everybody just speaks you know, English so well, uh, I kind of overlooked the impact also on you know, of the uh, Cantonese community and the Mandarin community. Um, and all, so far, all of our content has been done in English. Some of it has been done in, in Chinese, but uh, it, it, it is hard navigating, uh, uh, you know, um, different um, um, localized audience, let's say. Um, so what's your really, what's your ideal customer? Like who, or is there any customer you've worked with, uh, um, you know, you, you've, that is like one of your favorites or do you have any projects that uh, is one of your favorite and what can uh, any ideal customer expect when uh, working with you? Sure. So as I mentioned, mm -hmm. I basically just got started. So I have had a few freelance clients mm -hmm. um, in the past, um, which I've loved working with all of them because a lot of them were, were friends uh, that I knew yeah. that were starting their own businesses or had their business and I would basically help strategize and make it better. Um, so, but all my customers have always been mm -hmm. pretty tech focused. Um, I would love to work with, I think, more female mm -hmm. lifestyle type brands. Um, that would be really awesome for me. Um, but yeah, if people work with me, they can expect to see the bigger picture, understand how to better integrate all the systems into their marketing strategy and planning. I, I love planning. I love helping people sort of figure out the best ways forward and problem solving. Um, and like you, I, I love learning. I love uh, every day I'm learning something new, um, especially building up your own sort of website. I'm, I'm currently working on my email strategies um, and then I need to work on my sales strategies and all of that. So it's just, it's so much fun. Um, <laughs> so quickly too <laughs> but it's great it's great it's great it's, it's a lot of those skills are really good too exactly you know, I'm, just, I'm just saying like you know, for whatever reason the company doesn't work out at least I have a, a massive set of skills uh, <laughs> so it's good maybe maybe some exactly. totally irrelevant to make exactly. position, you know <laughs> um, but that's true. okay they'll always come in point. handy I'm sure um, okay last question so um I wanted to have your point of view on this because recently one of my um, close, I mean, friends and female founders that I work with, uh, she said something on social media that quite resonated with me. Um, she said, since as women, are, we are given less space to succeed, uh, we have to not only consistently outperform men, but also look good while doing it. Um, so as a fellow female entrepreneur, like what do you think? Have, have you ever felt pressured by, you know, social media when it comes to your business and, and, and your appearance? I would say, yes, I do somewhat. Um, I never know if I need to post more crop tops or be more professional <laughs> because the engagement True. always says something different. So I think finding a good balance of the image you want to create online and how you want to be perceived um, and being aware of what you say in your posts um, and making sure it's just relevant to you and that you feel comfortable with what you're putting out there. Um, I think there's a sense of power mm -hmm. in looking good for yourself. Um, as a woman, we wear so many different types of hats. 
Um, so this is really a tough question and a great question. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm not quite sure how to answer that, but yeah. uh, I hope that no, no, it's, that's it's great. I know it's, a, it, it, it is hard. I feel like, I mean, I don't put myself as much out there, um, for my brand. So I, I, I mean, no, nobody has ever seen my face on, on, on pixels Instagram. So unless you're following me on, on my personal account, you don't really know who I am or what I look like, but, um, it's, um, for my friend who, who, who is the face of her brand, I know it is, it is really a, a big struggle. So that's why I wanted to have, um, another female entrepreneur's point of view, but. Thanks so much, Camille, for asking all your questions and answering all my questions to you. Please head over to pixelofficial.com to find out more about bite-sized content that you can create for your brand. And hopefully we'll be sharing more serious content with Camille soon to discuss social media, content, startup life, and life abroad.